Uh, welcome back to the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. We're a drinking podcast. Where's the comic book problem? Shake the shit out of it. Welcome to another episode of the Funny Books of Firewater podcast. We are finishing up our month of female anti-hero month uh, with Catwoman, the uh, copycats run by Joel Jones. Um, and we finally have women on this episode. I know. Yay. Which I got texted from Elena. Oh, I know. We did, yes, we, is this 2.5 women today? Is this what? 2.5. 2.5? Why 2.5? Oh, Adam's point five. I mean, it's true. Now, Adam's not claiming that today? <laughs> no. <laughs> He muted himself, so now we can talk smack about him. Uh, I know. It's about <laughs> you, bitch. Yep. <laughs> Which is my, my new ringtone, and it's lovely. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So we do, as Todd said, have two women. We'll, we'll go in alphabetical order. Uh, the woman who is smarter than all of us and was dumb enough to marry Todd. We have Amy. Hi, Amy. Hi. Uh, sitting next to her, we have Mr. Todd. Hi, Todd. Hello. And then uh, with me, we have Ellen. Well, you're not going to make some smart remark how I'm smart but dumb enough to date you? I mean. That's a given, really. And then we have Mr. Adam. Hi. So, uh, yeah, so we'll just jump right in on this. Uh, so, this book happens after the failed wedding of Batman. Pod, correct me if I'm wrong on any of these things. From the Tom wrong. King run, which I believe Joel Jones was illustrating. Is that correct? She did a few here and there. So, we did one a while back where they went to um, the Middle East, you know, to go hunt oh, yeah. down Talia Al Ghul. So, yeah. Joel did that. So Joelle is part of a very, very small crew of two that have done multiple, as a female artist, doing multiple issues of the Batman book. Uh-huh. She is what, like the her second Becky one. Clunan? Yeah, I think that's about it. Didn't, yeah. uh, More than Gail, just a single one-shot. Didn't Gail Simone do it for a while? She's, she's a, writer, a writer. She's not an artist. Oh, okay, I see. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, so anyway, so basically where this book takes place is that uh, Selena Kyle, a.k.a. Catwoman, has run away to a fake California town um, and is coping with the her breakup and uh, also dealing with um, a uh, politically connected uh, drug kingpin. I don't remember her name. Um, is it Queenpin? Creel. 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 That's right. Uh, whose husband is the governor and mm-hmm. she is fairly put together uh, with all sorts of plastic surgeries and accessories and uh, is creepy in her own right. Um, and so yeah, so and Catwoman has to deal with all this while also dealing with her breakup. Did I miss anything major in there? Her sister. No? Yeah, her sister. Oh, that's right. That's right. And also, her sister is part of the reason why she's in that town is her sister is in an institution there. Um, and you get a little bit of her backstory as to how she started a life of crime and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. But before we get into our discussion, Mr. Adam, do you have a cocktail for us? I do. And this one's called Meow. <laughs> uh, you take a chilled martini glass uh, in a blender. You're going to add one and a half ounces of Kahlua, one and a half ounces of vodka. Uh, you're going to go ahead add some ice, blend it till it's like a smoothie. You pour it into the martini glass, and then you put some whipped cream on top, a couple spoonfuls. So I'd say make your own. Just be fancy that way. Uh, you're going to take half of a maraschino cherry, put it in the middle as like a nose. Use some chocolate sauce to make eyes, and then use the caramel sauce to make whiskers. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah. adorable. <laughs> Delicious. Uh, delicious. Uh, well, then, of course, we need some drinking games. Uh, I have a few. Uh, Mr. Todd, uh-huh. do you have a drinking game rule? Yeah. The name of my drinking game rule is, um, you really think that's going to stop me? <laughs> so... Every time Selena Kyle walks into a room, it's like, oh no, we're going to beat you up or we're going to stop you now. And she just looks at them with contempt and proceeds to wipe the floor. Take a drink. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Amy, do you have one? Or were you not informed by Todd? I was informed, which I appreciate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Gold star. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm going with the poisoning caretaker. Every time the caretaker in the novel poisons, or not novel, book, book, book. poisons somebody, you get a drink because there's plenty of options there. Uh, or or forcibly, forcibly uh, places drugs of some kind on the other person. Uh, mine was uh, sort of similar. I was calling mine the Fauci Ouchie, uh, which is every time you saw a syringe, take a drink. <laughs> Uh, Ellen, would you like to go through hers? Yeah, mine is uh, catnap. Every time she says the word sleep, drink. Mm. That's like half of this book. Her <laughs> oh, how right. tired she is. Uh, and Mr. Adam. Uh, so mine's called Cat. I'm a kitty cat. Every time she makes a reference to cat stuff, whether it's like I'll scratch your eyes out or cat or anything like that. So Okay. Nice. Nice. Uh, cool. Well, where do we want to start on this one? Anybody have any thoughts they want to jump in on? I want to start on the cover of this book. Mm. Okay. So, this is a book in the DC universe of leaving Batman, and yet she is there in a very provocative dress, just lounging around, holding the DC book that she so happens to star in. Yes. And it's incredibly meta and self-referential, and DC doesn't have a habit of doing this. No, it's true. Isn't that her wedding dress that she's wearing? It's either a dress or That's her slipper. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that is the dress. It's not the dress. It's very yeah, similar it's the dress. to the dress. Yeah. Like, it, it's definitely not an unintentional nod. Cause, and I think, I mean, Joelle Jones did the dress in that one, yes? Yeah, yes. she did. Like, it looks so much like, like, the minute you picked up the cover, you'd be like, oh, Joelle Jones. Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah. There's also but, a smart yeah. way of tying this together with that Batman issue and showing exactly where, like, there's no question where in the timeline this pops in at. Yeah. And when you see mm-hmm. this, right. like, oh, okay, this is post that issue. By all means. But looking at that cover and that self-referencing, that is not typical DC behavior. So, um, it's a bold move, and I think it works really well, but it's, um, yeah, I think it was a whole lot of fun, but even just looking at that of Catwoman holding the book of herself and it, she just has this look on her face of well I guess this is my life now mm-hmm. you want to talk about it looks like it could be very cliche but it's pulled off incredibly well mm-hmm. kind of a deal so yeah well it's also kind of like too with the dress she's wearing it's almost like she took the dress and she like was shredding it with her claws kind of thing mm-hmm. oh, I can see a that. little bit yeah well and yeah I didn't even um, notice the fact that she was wearing the dress in the books so that's cool <laughs> Yeah, it's de- it definitely has like a morning after vibe to it. Yeah. Uh, cool. I kind of wanted to probably maybe start off with um, the sort of storyline of her dealing with um, her sister and the drugs at the same time of dealing with the fallout of the relationship. There's sort of like these uh, two interesting storylines going on. Um, we were talking about compartmentalization uh, before we started, and there seems to be a lot of that appropriate in this book of her sort of dealing with her grief uh, through violence and robbery, whereas other people would use, as Ellen put it, sex, drugs, or... Or Netflix. Right. Uh, anybody have any thoughts on that, I guess? Was that too much of a point? Oh, yeah, you kind of uh, jumped in right where I was thinking, too. It was like, right before you started talking, it was the fact that, you know, she's got all this shit going on in her life, and then, but she's able to handle all of it individually, almost mm-hmm. like you said, as a coping mechanism, and it's almost like, well, is that a good coping mechanism, or is that a bad one? Because I know uh, something I do if I am going through a hard time or um, something's going on in my life, as my therapist pointed out, uh, I tend to take stuff and I throw it in a box and pack it away, and then I just forget mm-hmm. about it instead of dealing with it, so I mean, that that very much is the theme of the book and the fact that she's not dealing with things the way she's supposed to until towards the end. And that's even arguable if she if she came across and finished it up then. So for me, it was a it, it was a lot more personal book because of that, because, mm-hmm. you know, it was I started seeing my therapist back in July. And that was the, fir- the first meeting. She's the she used that analogy about putting your shit in a box and, and hiding it away. So for me, I was even though it's a fantastical story about a cat burglar who is stopping evil people and a woman whose nose falls off and all that weird shit, uh, 
uh, it was deeply personal because I was like, hey, that's me. I've been doing that for years and only just now <laughs> am I getting my shit together and unpacking that box and, and dealing with stuff I should have dealt with years and years ago. So I wasn't expecting to get that out of a book about Catwoman. And, you know, yeah. for me, honestly, this is the first Catwoman book I've read. I mean, I, I, I've seen her other things, of course, like Batman comics and whatnot. But uh, no, I it, it was a big surprise for me. So if you're just going in looking for something lighthearted, like, yes, you can definitely get that and just have a fun time. But if you actually want to dig in and look at some of the psychology of the character, uh, there's there's multiple layers of this, which I always, as we all know, I'm a very big fan of in comics. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was a little fun surprise, and I'm really, really happy I got to go through it. What I've really enjoyed about reading this is you can be new to Catwoman, and it's a great entry point. But at the mm-hmm. same time, throughout this book, there's nods to previous things. Um, Darwin Cook's design of the Catwoman outfit is referenced mm-hmm. in a few shots there. I mean, she has a new Catwoman outfit starting in here where, you know, she's got skin showing underneath her arm and some straps mm-hmm. on her back. And it's um and when they're referencing the older costumes it's done i mean spot on it's like that looks exactly as it should be and it's a whole lot of fun and joelle's artists i mean she's the writer and artist for this book it's um you've got selena kyle really rocking the mod kind of look you know between the jacket and a few other things you're like you belong right out of the 60s and it looks amazing on you and she is a very um sensual woman but it's not cheesecake yeah. You said that earlier. She is reading through this. She is incredibly sexy woman and mm-hmm. sensual and everything there, but We've read other books of this where it comes across a much more cheesecake. And this yeah. one here, is, there's no doubt she has the curves and whatnot, but it's um, it's fitting and the um, art's just fantastic. And you can just go to a page and glance at it and say, oh, that's Joelle's work. Uh, if you're familiar with it, I mean, it's got as much of a style and a marking to it as I would say a Jim Lee does at this point in time. I can say, oh, that's Jim Lee art. I'm like, oh, that's Joelle's art. Mm-hmm. And you can just see it. And it is, um, that's amazing. And there's um, a lot of people that know artists really well can do that but it's this one really just stands out and has a good time with it but even the like topography of catwoman that's been Mm -hmm. the same catwoman logo for years and years and years and years of that typeface Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah i really like joelle presents her as this like very poised woman and gives us a glimpse into her confidence more so than she's like look at this TNA. It's like, no, she's just a really poised woman in a beautiful dress. And I think that Mm. that, that's so different than a lot of the things you read where it's just, you know, big boobs, big butt, short shorts, tight shirts. This is more of like her really being comfortable with herself. And I think that's a much better way to present a sexy or sensual character than to be like, look at her and her tight booty shorts running around killing people. Like this is just so much more, I don't know. It makes me want to read it more as a woman. It, I don't know. Well, and from the front cover all the way through, I think um, it's her body positioning. Like, Mm -hmm. it exudes a ton of confidence, and there's other moments where there's intense vulnerability because she's fallen apart. She's a train wreck. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no sidestepping that. Um, And just the way that Joelle positions her body in the different shots. um, Yeah, she's got really confident moments, and she's got moments where she's poised, and she's got it together, and you can definitely see so much strength and then you'll flip a few more pages and she's a train wreck but not in but in a very distinct way like um in a way that's got confidence but it also is lonely like from start to finish she's got a loneliness about her um and it's interesting because this is the after batman one but Mm -hmm. i don't think batman bruce wayne none of those words are in it at all it doesn't spiral back it's the only moment there is an image of whom i'm assuming is bruce yeah at one point, she 
a dream. Um, and it's the first time she's sleeping in the entire book, um, which is a significant portion of the problems. Um, and she's literally in bed with him. And, and she talks about being alone in bed and that being part of the problem. She can't sleep because she's alone. Um, and that that's a hard adjustment. And, and as she's having this dream and I'm assuming she's, she's unconscious. Um, and yeah, there's an image of her and Bruce together. Um, but that becomes all the more striking for the absence of him everywhere else. Like, you know, she's getting over this, but she's not sitting around pining or complaining about that. Like she's kind of nursing her own wounds more than, than pining for things. What's interesting with her as it goes through is she never once is the damsel in distress. She's yeah. very much in distress trying to battle her own things, but she's never going, Oh, what am I going to do? Someone come save me. Mm-hmm. She's just plowing her own way through things. And you're taking a look at the uh, local, I say gang, but the uh, the Creole family mafia. And she's like, I don't want to be involved. And they're like, well, you're going to be involved. She's like, I'm not going to be involved, just so you know. And they keep going, well, we're going to involve you. And she's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, I'm not. I'm here for reasons, but not for you. I'm just going to try to stay out of that. There's an interesting parallel, too, between this and then what happens to Batman after their breakup as well. They both basically do the same thing where they try to throw themselves into their work. Um, mm-hmm. Batman in the books gets scary violent and everyone tries to reach out to him and no one can seem to get a hold of him and get like get in like kind of reach him. And so it's interesting because you have these two characters who eventually in the storyline are gonna get back together again, but you show how connected they really are with them apart basically behaving in almost the same manner and show how connected they can be. Even though like she's technically a villain and Batman's technically a hero, you see the similarities in there. She has no problem dishing out the pain yeah. and gore if she needs to, right? Yeah. This is an anti-hero month. Why is she an anti-hero? She's, um, she's busy doing with herself, but she doesn't have a whole lot of limits. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, we were discussing a little bit earlier the fact that, um, you know, she is both a criminal and a hero at the same time. Like, she will, like, when they have flashbacks to her as a kid with her sister, she steals a, a, a costume, but for her sister for Halloween. And she steals a gun, but uses it to rescue a kid who's being bullied. Like, she sort of does these crimes, but also has heroic actions that are connected to those as well, which is yeah. sort of interesting. I think she is the most anti hero of anti heroes we've actually done this month. Um, like, she seems to be the epitome, in my opinion, but I kind of want to get uh i mean mainly todd and adam's opinion on that since you're the ones who read all the other books with us uh yeah well i mean one thing i'm going to say really fast before we we jump onto that was that uh you know earlier you know we're talking about the fact that she was incredibly sexy and incredibly vulnerable Mm -hmm. and but she was never drawn to be sexier striking um i guess like in a sexual way you know it wasn't Mm -hmm. like hey this is here to titillate and you know it goes back to have having joelle jones doing the artwork we bring it up a lot but patty jenkins with wonder woman the movie Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. she was able to take these characters make them incredibly sexy and strong and vulnerable but never for like you know oh here's a boob and a tit shot you know kind of thing Mm -hmm. and amazing what happens when you let women write their own stories isn't it though (laughs) it's like you get a more accurate portrayal of the female experience well sure it just goes back to the idea of like the male gaze i mean Mm -hmm. exactly you look at uh you know what's his fuck from transformers and you'll spend 20 minutes watching megan fox with her toe thumbs wash a car in slow motion uh (laughs) 
and then probably explode because that's what happens. And then you have something like this where it's like, wow, you have someone who's very provocative and very just, like we said, it's just beautiful and gorgeous. Um, and it's, it's not written there to make, you know, young little horny boys go in the bathroom and do things. Um, mm-hmm. Also, two things on the art I really enjoyed. So in issue three, I didn't realize this until I was going through it again, is that uh, you've got Fernando Blanco actually did all the artwork for the flashback. So it, Yeah, it which cool I thought was an have, interesting way of doing that, yeah. Yeah, so you, mm-hmm. you really, when you had the flashback, it definitely felt like, hey, this is something different going on, which is really really kind of cool and uh i think todd you're the one who mentioned that it was like or maybe it was amy a lot of like the clothes and everything else felt like it might have come from the 60s and the artwork kind of reminded me of um not like classic artwork from like the back of the day but it didn't seem quite as the same as some of the newer comics not in a bad way i really really enjoyed the art style but it was just a kind of a more unique art style i haven't seen too much kind of a lot more angular instead of quite yeah she's very like art deco yeah yeah Yeah, that's the word yeah yeah um, I like that in Joelle Jones' other work, you can tell that she likes clothing um, mm-hmm. and that she likes the artistry of well-constructed clothing. And that comes in to the way she draws. And it's definitely part of Catwoman's character in this in a way that's really beautiful. I read an article when this was first coming out that um, she actually made Catwoman's outfit so she can move it around and going, let's actually move this around so I know how to draw this. So mm-hmm. uh, when she designed the outfit, she's like, actually, I to make it mm-hmm. just so you know it's believable as you draw it kind of a deal so and so she can no, go to uh, cons and mm-hmm. cosplay she can go in cons and cosplay <laughs> as Catwoman, and then be told she's a fake geek girl yes <laughs> yes indeed not yeah, bad cons, for we, some we saw her talk cool. actually she's hilariously funny and self-deprecating actually uh yes she did not look very comfortable being up on the stage oh yeah center. not at all like that <laughs> that like, was not her jam I at have all to be here, so here i am <laughs> yeah <laughs> I did something, it became very popular. My favorite, though, actually was kind of interesting. We may have discussed this when we were talking about um, Lady Killer, was that she was doing all these like romance comics and she wanted to draw blood, guts, and gore because that's what she was into. So she started making Lady Killer so she could draw right. blood, guts, and gore. And then, of course, now she gets to do, you know, Batman and Catwoman and do the biggest stuff because, like, she obviously has a great knack for it. Um, the only thing that was in Lady Killer more than was in this, and I almost was going to do it as a drinking game, but I didn't see it, is she doesn't have quite the ink splatter that she does in Lady Killer. Lady Killer shows a lot of ink splatter. There's a little in here but not a ton um but not it's part of like her way yeah. down yeah of course so. she really elevates that to art too though like if you're looking yeah. for like hallmarks of joelle jones like the the clothing looks like someone who respects the construction of clothing and uh-huh. the ink splatter definitely would be on the list the angular the it, catwoman's as sexy in the eyes as she is anywhere else like there's yeah. there's specific eye shots that are just absolutely gorgeous um and then writing and plot i have other stuff but yeah what about this it? might not be the segue for that. This is a great segue for that, actually. Let's do that. Just um, kind of building off of the anti-hero and something that I noticed in Joelle Jones, because I, I didn't notice that she had written it at first. I, I noticed that she had illustrated or done the artwork very early, but then I got back and I was like, oh, she wrote it. That makes sense. Um, so it starts out with um, the head of the Krill family mm-hmm. um, is this female politician and she might not be the obvious head but she definitely for this plot line is like she's mm-hmm. the master-ish person pulling the strings behind the scenes her story is lined up um with selena kyle's like parallel storytelling yeah. and they use that um they do it in flashbacks at other points in the story like those two are set up to be paralleled against each other several times and um i didn't realize that the flashbacks have been illustrated by somebody else but that was a beautiful way of doing that because they don't 
don't in the text they don't be like and now for the flashback like they they Mm -hmm. don't transition you into that you have to kind of figure it out and the artwork is a nice dip up there but um they're really contrasting those two characters um and i think this plays off the anti-hero thing a lot as caretakers Mm -hmm. because um correct me if i'm wrong selena kyle I, i i haven't read the previous one leaves batman because she's concerned that their union makes them both too vulnerable yes that that's the general gist of it yeah so it's kind of a caretaker role that she's left and yet she runs right into being a caretaker for her sister who has um been through some kind of trauma that's left her at least in a wheelchair and catatonic from what it looks like there um and that this was a trauma that was brought about because she's selena kyle's sister um Mm. somebody went after her trying to get to catwoman um and so it's a spot where she's been and and in all the flashbacks it goes back to her being a caretaker for the sister from a young age um and referencing moments when she was and wasn't successful at that and that it had a strain on that relationship so the fact that she's leaving one situation and moving into another and then the villain in it um this um creel mrs creel mrs that seems the mrs part seems weird but um her character (laughs) parallels through with a, a caretaking role she goes back and references like at one point her husband who's the mayor she referenced governor governor, thank you uh references uh her first husband and you find Mm -hmm. out that she fell in love well not fell in love with found an opportunity um (laughs) and children with antifreeze and then got the wife blamed for poisoning the children and then eventually she faked his suicide over grief from everything after she'd married him and got the money um and then it goes through and she has her current husband who's the governor and he announces that he has cancer and he's pulling back from a position of power and she's super upset she winds up poisoning him and then later she poisons some of her own children like you've got both of these caretakers and these roles in which they're failing to be caretakers mm-hmm. um but for very 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 different reasons and joelle jones does that in lady killers like she's exploring this role that women may or may not want to fill <laughs> um may or may not be satisfied by um and the expectations and yet sometimes they're doing it very very well and sometimes they're not but um she makes that very richly complex and so it's interesting to see especially with the the anti-hero theme like it's paired up so parallel in this one that it really brings out some complexity there in whether or not catwoman's an anti-hero because of the reasoning for what she's doing and yeah anyway I liked that depth, and I think Joelle was the perfect person to write it because of the way she has that kind of complexity in her characters. Well, yeah, and I mean, the sheer talent I'm she has... I'm a fan, just in case you wanted me to gush longer. <laughs> I know, I know. When I was going to gush as well as we were... We, I was discussing the fact that it's unfair that she can write as well as she does and also uh, draw as well as she does as well. Uh, significant amount of talent. Yeah. So. Do you have any thoughts you want to add? No? I don't think so. I don't know. I, I was so like engrossed in listening to Amy and I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't see the caretaker thing. Before this. <laughs> so my mind is like melting on my ears thinking about yeah, uh, Lady Killer. Yeah. Um, something that, <laughs> that I thought was really interesting. I mean, we're talking a lot about what Catwoman looks like in this uh, comic. Sure. But the the villain, I think it's really interesting that a huge part of her power is based on what she looks like. Like, that's just a very, like, women-centric thing that we assume, you know, like, 
villains that are women have to look a certain way, I think. And I love that, or at least they're normally drawn a certain way. And I think it's really interesting that she is that, but also isn't that. And it's just this like really fake human. And her whole business is built on this drug that kills you slowly. But if you take a lot of it, it kills you right now. If not, you just look like a walking corpse putting tape on your face. Yeah. It's just really interesting. She's scary. It's also a very California character. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. And, and Joelle lives in LA. So like there, there is a commentary there. I think that's oh. deliberate would be my guess. I mean, yeah, not right. to speak for her, but I think that there's definitely something there. Well, and she's, She's taking advantage of a lot of people around. There's references to her needing blood transfusions, lots of plastic mm-hmm. surgery, lots of prosthetics to maintain an image. Her her very opening scene is an interview about her role as mayor and the scrutiny that she comes under. And she says, um, oh, I thought of it when Adam was talking about the, the male gaze. Um, she's talking about, I guess what you really are after, the interviewer is saying, I guess what you're really after is for the public to take a new look at you and she said that would be nice they should stop looking at me and look at what i really am doing for this community um like that whole and yet she's going through ridiculously extreme lengths to pursue or to personify a specific image and then she says she doesn't want them looking at her and then she Mm -hmm. wants them looking at what she's actually doing for the community which is when you get into it really underhanded and manipulative and not good at all because you know she's running the drug cartel and killing lots of people so well and she's also literally two-faced um yeah and i also and I think there's something to be said, too, about the skull-like features of her face and then the uh, black skull uh, that uh, messes with her sister oh, in order yeah. to get with Catwoman. Like, there's sort of a parallel there as well. Uh, yeah, I was just thinking that, too. So Sure. So, yeah, I mean, it's... Well, I mean, she's off the book now. I think she did 25 issues. Yeah. I know she was a writer for that many. Um, later on, she did... Um, Joelle, the uh, artwork has a bunch of guest artists throughout her yeah. run. I think so she, I she think said she, something to the effect of her having a hard time keeping deadlines and so they were bringing sure. in other people to, to help us and what, what's interesting you look at her art it never feels um i'm sure she felt very rushed don't get me wrong yeah <laughs> but the quality is maintained mm-hmm. so rather than decrease the quality to get it out on time she's like let's bring someone else in so i can keep quality up so it's well, that thing and then they wrote it into the story so well that it's almost like a literary element and, you know mm-hmm. if you have Pulling to stop with all the costumes before you can draw yeah. <laughs> right well, I mean, the fact that she has to write out the full scripts before she even draws, too, because, like, they normally say that they draw about, like, a page a day, so, like, you know, you're getting through basically a comic a month, but then you also have to write the damn thing. That doesn't really provide for uh-huh. any days off, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So, unless she was an incredible... I mean, I don't know. I would say, even if she is a fast artist, there's so much detail in these drawings that I can't imagine it doesn't take an entire day to do a page at least. Um, sure. And, well, just say nothing of, like, does this angle work? Does this angle work? Do I want a close-up here? Or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that even if you have the the overall graphic design all the kinks of that already worked out yeah yeah I'll also say for this run, I did collect. This is one of the very few I collected the floppies for a ways. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is the um, Art Gem did the variant covers. And um, Stanley Lau is his name, but he goes by Art Gem. And those variant covers are also amazing. Yeah. So they're very much worth looking up. So uh, I, I the wedding dress one is really impressive. Um, yes. Yeah, they're like very painterly, very, uh, yeah, they're pretty awesome. So that's the cool. one. Actually, I wish they would have. Excuse me. I know in a lot of the uh, 
the trades or even the digital ones will always do like the alternate covers in the back, but this one doesn't do that. I would have loved to have seen those. Oh, huh. oh well, see, now you have to buy a physical copy, sir. I just go to Google. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there he is. Get expensive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is all also on uh, DC um, Infinite. Is that what it's called now, Todd? Yeah, DC Universe Infinite. DC Universe. Oh, so, so they dropped the video and added the word Infinite. Oh, okay. Is what happened. Yeah, but because uh, that while we were sitting here today, Ellen was reading the trade and I was rereading it on my phone, uh, which is still sure. very, you know, uh, enjoyable. I actually, I do kind of like panel to panel, to be honest with you. As much as I like having a physical comic in my hands, the panel to panel is kind of cool sometimes because you, you get surprises. Uh, you know, you don't see stuff. Sure. I just don't know how they do. I, you know, I want to talk to the guy that's um, charged with doing J.H. Williams panel to panel. Oh, yeah. His artwork, you know, like the mm-hmm. um, Batwoman run when yeah. we did Batwoman. It's like, pick that because Adam had a grand old time doing that one. Yeah. Remember that, Adam? <laughs> yeah. I think that was also what the, whatever the format was in general, too. I think well, that, that was also good. before... that. It was like when Kindle first launched like their own version of doing digital uh, comics. It wasn't like... Like they they had comicsology at the time, but like they hadn't like combined because later on I I got a digital novel that was only on Kindle and that worked great. I mean, just use the Kindle mm-hmm. app on my iPad. Uh, but yeah, that oh my god, I couldn't even finish that one. That was so bad. Jesus Christ! Mm-hmm. Did kind of want to go back to the question you asked a while ago about you know as far as is she the most anti-hero uh, that we've we've read? And you know this this month has been well weird. Lenora was weird, and I own that one, uh, <laughs> <laughs> even though I didn't I didn't read it beforehand. Uh, you know, the I mean, anti- I'll, I'll say it before Todd does. It's no Deadpool Max. It's no Deadpool Max. I don't even need to say it. I know. I'll, I'll fess up to that one. That was my bad. Benchmark <laughs> for weird. Uh, yeah. The thing with this one is the anti-hero is kind of like the bad guy you can root for. And mm-hmm. in a sense, the way she is in this book is like, she's not really the bad guy, though. I mean, I think her character took her from, you know, Catbird or Catwoman type thing. And again, I haven't read a lot of her outside of the, some of the, the Batman books, but she's almost turned into, um, it kind of feels like for the run of Venom for a while, where his whole thing was being the lethal protector. Like, yeah, he was a lot more brutal or violent than Spider-Man would be, but mm-hmm. he overall was still the good guy. Whereas you look at, um, like, you know, Harley Quinn, which we did before, which is kind of the story of how she became Harley Quinn. I mean, you, in some of the later stuff, especially with like her and Poison Ivy and then like the, the DC show just learned to watch, you'd root for her there even though she's the bad guy, but it's almost, I don't know so much that Catwoman anymore is really a, a villain. She kind of like, you know, you can root for her. She kind of walks that line in between both to where she'll take it further than Batman will, but she's still doing things for the right reason. And again, it, it may later on in the, in the series kind of go back to flitting on both sides, but just reading this book, that's kind of how I felt about it. I don't feel like she's on any side in this book she's just yeah. trying to like gamble and take care of her sister and shit keeps finding her and she's like all right fine i'll kill people if i have to um i think that's why for me she falls more on the anti-hero side than the hero side is she's not doing anything out of valor or for the good of anything she's just trying to live her life and gamble yeah. away her money and doesn't want to talk to anybody and then when shit gets weird she's like don't involve me or i'll kill people and then she does so there's no yeah. like valiant i'm gonna save people well and i think part of it too with the example you used with like carnage is he is extra violent towards people she is technically a criminal but she's like a jewel thief her crimes aren't exact against people her crimes are i mean are theft basically so she's not completely good but she's also not in the overall scheme of things she's not really as bad comparatively speaking as well uh, you know what i mean so like it, it is a weird line I, I totally see your point but it is sort of 
a weird defining line. Um, but yeah, but also that is sort of an interesting thing is like she does seem to have no qualms of beating the shit out of everybody, but I don't, she doesn't really, I don't think she kills anybody in this book. I don't know. When she gets in that room of other cat women, I feel uh, like some of those ladies die. That's pretty brutal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That one and some of the guys. Well, she does. The Creel's son isn't great. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But even that flashback story with the gun, those kids were picking on the other guy and she just straight up pulled the gun at him and going, yeah. try me. And they're like, oh, you're not going to do it. It's like, really? And like, she's going to cost the guy. Here we go. He's like, hmm, maybe not. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing I would mention is uh, the, the two characters who sort of um, are her neighbors slash caretakers who sort of check in on her. Yeah. They start to play a bigger role uh, going on in the storyline. Like, I know in the next trade, they're, they're a bit of a bigger piece. And I, I ended up really liking those characters. I thought they were in this more because I've read further. I thought they were in this mm-hmm. uh, a bit more, but they're, they're, they're fun characters, I think, going forward. Well, what's amusing is they sold her some stuff that didn't quite work out so well, right? Yeah. Those smoke bombs or grenades. And she's oh, like, yeah. And she's like, damn it. Damn it. <laughs> Well, and I love the line, the line that the old woman says, because the, the guy's like, we have to take her to the hospital. And the lady says, you can love strays, but you can never keep them yeah. or something like that. And yeah. I was like, what a beautiful way to tell somebody, like, don't not love them. Don't not try to take care of them. But also know that, like, she's probably just going to walk away from you. And yeah. I was like, oh, what a lovely way to not be like, just walk away. You can't help her. her. Yeah, right. Love them, but have some boundaries for the sake of self. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But I really love that line. I was like, oh, coming in with some truth. (laughs) So I'm thinking back to the examples of antiheroes that have been given here, and I am by no means well-read enough in the the universe of comics, but it seems like the female antiheroes are a harder push than male antiheroes, to classify them that way, if that makes sense. Um, Because I and I don't know if it gets into the caretaker thing. I don't know if it's just it's harder for them to be that or if they just haven't had quite like we were talking about how Wonder Woman's really developed in the past couple of years and Catwoman's developed into being much more complex. Whereas um, it seems like the gentlemen in these universes have had more time to develop into their complexity. So maybe this is a newer idea. Um, but it just like I can I can think of a lot more male examples that like really meet that definition, and the female ones are trickier. If that makes sense, right? Because like Wolverine always flirted with it. Yeah, the Punisher could argue he's uh, that. But I think the thing though. I'm oh, sorry, I don't want to step on your toes. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say um, this book has feelings. Yeah. I don't read a lot of uh, comic books written by men uh, about male superheroes that deal with feelings. Usually they're dealing that's with killing. Yeah, that's, that's Tom King does that really well. Oh, uh, see, I haven't, this, yeah. I haven't read them. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but I <laughs> think that's Tom one King of the book. things. It's all about that. <laughs> it really is. But you know what I mean? Like that's, I feel like there's a lot of, a lot of things that are like, oh yeah, punch the bad guy or kill the person or whatever it is. And when they dive into feelings, it just makes the character so much more complex and so much more real. Yeah. So I think our, our judgment, like Amy said, it's just, it's not as snap with them. Like, it's not as easy to compartmental or to, like, put them in a box because they are they feel like complete people. She feels like a person who's just gone through a breakup. Yeah, and adding on to that, I would actually say that um, as far as the anti-hero qualities go, I think the female characters, at least the ones we've read in the books we've read this month, um, mainly pointing at Catwoman and Harley Quinn, they are actually probably mm. maybe more complex because, like, Wolverine, as an example, he's just more violent and willing to inflict more damage. That's what makes him an anti-hero. He's still a hero. Sure. But, you know, I mean, he's just more bloodthirsty. Um, mm-hmm. And so, but like, you know, Catwoman has a lot of layers to it. Um, you know, Harley Quinn, 
she's dragged into stuff, but she has like sort of academic designs, to, you know, to try to like there is like she's basically like a career woman trying to make things happen. Um, so there, it's I think the women might be. I mean, it's probably a modern phenomenon to be honest with you. But the the female antiheroes now I feel like are uh, more complex. But maybe I think comics maybe just be getting more complex in general because the uh, fan base is older than it used to be. You know, and I think it's just considered I don't know a lot more mainstream now too. You know, yeah, I feel like a lot more people are reading graphic novels and comic books and like seeing the value in them than they did you know when we were kids and they were like then you did yeah when you're when you weren't reading your novel for school but like kids will teach graphic novel or um, yeah. schools teach graphic novels now i think it's an art form it's just grown so much yeah so as a storytelling piece it's you know just more complex now yeah well and the other thing too is that you know and it, it still is a male dominated uh, uh culture you know as far as the people the creators and everything else but you know we're we're now seeing women who did grow up on comic books you know we've got like uh like joel <laughs> uh, gail simone that kind of thing so they grew up loving these characters and now want to take their time to make their mark and make them their own and mm-hmm. so we're seeing that now as they're becoming the creators and they're like like we said before started small then started stepping up and and getting some of these you know the the big names uh they're going to bring their sensibilities and bring things that they were like hey when i was a girl i would have loved to have seen this mm-hmm. like that's what i kind of think when we go back to when we read anti-hero and we all kind of realize hey this book isn't really for us but the point i was thinking about was well what if like the next gail simone or joel joe yeah. where she reads this book and that like turns her on to be like hey i want to show the world what i can do with this so mm-hmm. I, I i think we as time goes on we're going to see more and more of these you know these female characters you know maybe taking more of center stage and also it goes back to the fact that now that we have women doing it and it's not just there to be titillating you're going to start seeing maybe some of these background characters come to light and not just to be there for a tna shot yeah and what's interesting well, now, right now like dc's current run as it's uh, rise you've got a uh, mariko tamaki is doing detective comics Becky Cloonan is on Wonder Woman right now with someone else, and then you've got another Wonder Book with Joelle Jones hopping on that there. The um, And Gail Simone's not on a DC book right now, but she's busy doing other things. It's um, still extremely heavily male-dominated, but mm-hmm. it is rising right yeah. now, right? It is rising. No, I think uh, I also would just point out that um, there's an interesting connection, I just made it in my head, where Joelle had to make a comic to prove that she could do blood and guts, and now she's doing a major action book, and this, I mean, she writes some really great fuck action in this book yeah um, you know what i mean and so there is there's a little bit of like a yeah i'm gonna do a chick book but i'm gonna show you how fucking brutal she can be which is kind of cool to That's see right. in this book as well you know so. sure cool anybody else got anything else i, love no, I think we've I, I think we all covered yeah. it i think I, yeah i can think yeah. the consensus is that we all are going to give it a high grade <laughs> I, I know that's probably the case as well yeah we just it was funny because like we kept going to a point we'd crest on that that comment and then go okay oh but wait one more thing the crest and then oh wait they were like it was, it was sort of a, a surfing episode i kind of was like it, an actually. apple press conference oh just one more thing oh yeah oh by the <laughs> way oh oh wait one more thing oh yes well, cool. Uh, let's jump into grades. Uh, Ellen, what is your grade for this book? A plus plus. I love Joelle Jones and would read literally anything she wrote and or um, did the art for. Yeah, I need to give you those Batman books. Yeah, clearly, yeah. clearly. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, cool, uh, Amy. Also, and I, I want to finish the series, and I, um, yeah, I came into this through my marriage. <laughs> <laughs> I am so sorry. I was not, 
Powerpaint demographic comic books as a kid, but um, no, I enjoy that. Like a lot of times, Todd will bring in something. He's like, I want to talk to somebody about this. Here, read this. And and I've gotten into good stuff that way. There's complex and interesting stuff that way, and there's good things that are. I tend to come into it from like an education perspective. So if something's you know coming up in Newberry Awards or the libraries are recommending it for young kids, then I I come into it from that angle. And there's good stuff that you find that way too. And um, there's some cool things about comics being able to increase the reading kids reading capacity and good stuff and um anyway i could go on for that for days but um no absolutely straight across the board a plus it was a great great book and and i want it's gonna bug me not to finish it so um i, I think you'll enjoy it because i really i mean i haven't finished it but what i've read i've really enjoyed that continues on past this uh, cool uh adam i'm gonna go with an a as well like, like i said i first time i really dove into a catwoman comic and like uh, when you said, if, if you're looking to, to start reading into that character, what a great starting point. I mean, because you've mm-hmm. got a wonderful artist and writer who understands the character, knows how to draw them in a perfect way. And yeah, it's going to give you that action too. But if you want to go spend some time and go deeper, there is a lot go- more going on to it than meets the eye. But like we said, if you want to just have a fun time and watch Catwoman beat the fuck out of people, you can get that too. So That's there too. Yeah, yeah. Lots, lots of good stuff there. Uh, Mr. Todd. It's the Fonz. It's an A. Hey! Yes, indeed. Uh, <laughs> I, I hated it. I'm going to give it a big old F. Uh, yeah, just absolutely. Yeah. F for no. fantastic. <laughs> exactly. There we go. I'm going to get dirty. I'm about to get kicked out of my house right now. <laughs> <laughs> you can leave. Leave the comic. You can walk out. Yeah, no. Obviously, I'll give this an A. Absolutely loved it. Uh, cool. So um, next week, we are starting our uh, month of April, uh, which is music month. And uh, we're starting out with such a goofy book, but I kind kind of love it um archie meets kiss um followed by the fifth beetle which is about uh brian epstein uh then we're gonna be doing a book by uh uh, actually a mormon uh artist and writer uh all red um the guy who did mad men uh like bad men the comic not mad men the tv series uh but it's a a book called bowie about david bowie and then we're gonna do uh phonogram which is by uh, jimmy McKelvey and uh karen gillian uh but uh yeah no the bowie book so this is a weird story that artist uh he did Mm -hmm a comic book version of the Book of Mormon. And oh, really? my oh. psychiatrist wanted to discuss it with me because he had read it because he likes the artist. So he had read basically a comic book version of the Book of Mormon. And I was like, I do not know enough about that shit. Like, I really should have paid attention. Uh, but like, so, <laughs> like, I, had the, I had the greatest psychiatrist for a while because like we would just talk comics all the time. It was fantastic. And when Amy was talking about how like you can use comics to, to teach uh, literature and stuff like that, like they were literally like asking me for comic recommendations for like discussing psychiatric help. I mean, I have a tattoo from one that helped me significantly so sure. you know it's uh that's how it goes uh but yeah so that's how i know that he's mormon because oddly enough my psychiatrist told me that uh <laughs> can you imagine just looking mormon yeah can you imagine i have two statues the dress is one of them by the way oh nice, oh, nice. i love that dress. i love that dress yeah it's fantastic. Oh, you were saying? Oh, I was just saying? gonna say, can you imagine uh, sitting on your couch one day and just going, "I'm gonna write a comic book version of the Book of Mormon"? <laughs> like, I just can't. I don't know. It's a lot. It's a lot of names. That is a lot. It's a lot of eyes. Yeah. More emotional baggage to unpack than others. I'm just. Saying. Well, I'm still waiting for Volume Two. There was a, um, I want to say around 2002. There was the Book of Mormon movie Part One came out. Oh yeah. Okay. We were up in Utah State at the time. There was never a part two though i'm still waiting for the part two was that one of those <laughs> movies that they would show like at the church office building because they had like the the hand carved joseph smith story one two or whatever that was that like a legacy a restoration oh this yeah. was this something 
got released in the theaters. Like, oh, really? make a buck. yeah, didn't make a buck, but it was yeah. fun too. I like, think my the favorite is Passion of the Christ. No, my, my favorite story ever is like, uh, it was one of the like the singles ward or one of those like really yeah. LDS movies. And the company that was distributing it also did other movies, and they accidentally uh put in the uh the DVD version of the movie The Fluffer, which was about a <laughs> 70s gay porn star in the uh the, the singles ward, or whatever it was, uh DVD cases. So that's, that's amazing. <laughs> I have a few of those movies because, like, as much as I don't consider myself Mormon, I did find them amusing just because I understand them from a cultural standpoint. Um, and so I have a few of them on DVD somewhere, actually. We might have to do a cultural uh, exchange night. No, we're, no she's shaking her head. She does not want to watch the singles word with me, uh, which I will, I mean, I think is the best one I, I know of off the top of my head, but yeah. Well, what's really funny, too, is if you've ever seen uh, the musical The Book of Mormon, the opening, the opening scene ends with all of them on stage and this, the backdrop lifts up and it's Salt Lake City behind them. Yeah. And it's got like Bombwood Bowling sign. It's got like a Crown Burger. It's got yeah. the Wells Fargo building. And you could, so our buddy Jimmy was in uh, London on a press junket when he saw it and mm-hmm. it went up there and he and like two other people in the audience just started uproariously laughing. Yeah. And then during the intermission, they got together like, you're from Utah, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> it's like the biggest in joke. So if you have a chance to go see it and you're not from Utah, just know that every single thing they show in the background of that first scene is 100% in our city so oh yeah absolutely <laughs> no when i i did the same thing when i saw because you know like i think i've said before people love to take the former mormon to see book of mormon so i've seen it like three or four times on tour and yeah, i too. last wow. and i oh, i forgot it at one point in time and then that came on it lifted up and i laughed and they're like what, what is that like uh it was oh it was the from the floor guy todd knows the story i'm talking about um anyway uh he was like what what is this i'm like and i was like explain like i oh, know crown burger is an actual place like that's like you have to hit crown burger it's right next to this like and just explain like that was like actual stuff but uh he was one of those people who would like laugh really hard and then hit you as if like you're supposed to be laughing along with him um there's lots <laughs> of awkward there's lots of awkward stories we have about that guy um so anyway uh yeah well cool um anybody else anything before we hey, go todd todd will you come over to my house and get uh clark into comics like you kind of did with your wife because i can't get him <laughs> <into> comics <laughs> I even got him the Dark Souls comics. It's his favorite game of all time. He's like, oh, that's neat. So, oh, uh, no promises. I mean, I lucked I, out with Ellen I getting the her uh, nieces and nephews into him, though. You have, yeah. you have. My poor, my poor nephew broke his leg. My father, he was, broke oh his my leg. Gosh. Brian, oh my Brian's god, yeah. Brian, is Brian's father was a ski instructor, um, or I guess was a ski instructor. He's still around. Yeah. He just no longer instructs skiing. Um, my dad tried to teach him to ski on skis that were far too big and. and Bound or uh, the binding set for someone of a much more weight behind a snowmobile. So he was oh. snow skiing on a rope behind a snowmobile and something about five sizes too. Well, big. and here's the thing: is the ski boots you have to gauge the weight yes. of the person in them so that they release if you fall, so you don't break your fucking leg. So well, that's why. If, yeah, exactly. So if they're set for something too high, like basically your foot is stuck and yeah, your leg gets fucked. Yep. See, that's that what happened. So Todd decided to bestow on him a stack of comic books about this high and he was so excited because he's sick of television and it made my my heart happy cause yeah because i play a role in formal education so but yeah. no i gave him the like those dustin newen little batman books those are great actually yeah yeah and there was books. also like uh, academy books and a few others oh, uh, uh, yeah arkham or uh, gotham academy is good um the mm-hmm. yeah, oh over there his second grade sister was fighting over who got to read the comic books because they were trying to get through them in order. Uh, but Adam, I'm just saying don't give up because it wasn't the first
first three, four, five, six, seven years we were together that I would read the comic books. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we're, uh, what is today? The, we're 11 days away from our three year. So, ooh, congratulations. Hey. Time's gone fast. Yeah, I know. And, and traditionally, the third anniversary uh, gift is leather, so that'll be fun. So that'll be fun. Cool. Well, thank you, Ellen and Amy, for joining us. You're welcome back anytime. Well, you had to have someone Indeed. on for your anti hero yeah. women's month. Thank you. Uh, yes, thank you. Yes. Uh, I, couldn't do all, I couldn't do all the heavy lifting, so yeah. No, he really like, couldn't. <laughs> yeah. My back's fucked up. I heard it by standing up at work because I'm 40. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, it's still not good. I mean, you have to put your legs over your head to have sex. It's just a horrible thing. So, oh, I'm sorry, darling. Uh, okay, well, on that note... Uh, that sounds like a choice, not a requirement to me, but... Yeah. Anyway... I guess doggy style uh, would work for my new... I'm going to get it out at some point in time. That's what she said. Um, thanks for joining us, uh, and we will see you all later. Bye! Bye. Oh, fine. Jeez, Adam. Can't get a word in edgewise.